Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome back to Not Another Mummy podcast. I'm Alison Perry and you're listening to episode 11. Welcome back. Today my guests are Fenella and Alice from the Step Up Club, which they created when they realised that unless women work in the corporate world, they quite often don't have access to career support and networking opportunities. Their book Step Up was published in 2016 by Penguin and they run lots of events for women and they recently launched the Step Up School, which is a year-long programme designed to help women grow their career and enhance their lives. They are hugely inspiring and we talked loads about confidence, whether you should fake it, how to find inner confidence when you're having a wobble and why women seem to suffer from a lack of confidence much more than men seem to. So I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. Welcome Nella and Alice to the podcast. Um, So you guys run Step Up Club. Do you want to kick off by telling me a little bit about Step Up Club? Yeah, sure. So we set up the Step Up Club um, two years ago now, but we've really kind of been going at it hammer and tooth for the last year. We wrote our book, um, which is called Step Up, Confidence, Success and Your Stellar Career in 10 Minutes a Day. And the whole reason for setting up the Step Up Club, for writing the book and now for doing our events and our blog and all our social channels um, is to modernise the conversation around women's careers. We feel very strongly that... Um, number one, we should be talking about careers in this, with the same passion and style and enthusiasm that we do about food and wellness. And number two, that you can take career development out of the boardroom and put it somewhere um, kind of modern and engaging and fun sometimes and you know emotional and all those things because work and life are so inextricably linked. Um, and so we feel that we are changing that conversation and really um, energising um, the women's career movement. It's so true, though, isn't it? Like, even from a young age, we were all kind of taught, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? Or what is your job? You know, and it all feels very serious and very, you know, like something you have to really work to, And you do have to work towards it. But you're right, we don't approach it in the same way as we do, you know, health and well-being and all of those th- those sort of things that's really interesting so you guys I guess pinpointed that there was a bit of a gap in the market with with all of this yeah so we knew that there was a need for practical skills people 
uh, want to feel more confident, they want to expand their network, they want to progress their career, whatever that might look like. But we also knew that there was this emotional need that Alice is talking about where, um, people, you know, women want to feel empowered in their careers and think that their careers are cool and that it's a great thing to talk about um, and also come together in some kind of forum that isn't an industry networking event because obviously we all have access to those, but you have to present yourself in a certain way. You can't be that free. Um, so we we thought, you know, let's come together and, and do something do something about this. So um, we came up with the idea um, of events where um, women could come together. They would get uh, our practical skills. We're careers experts, um, but they would also get to network with each other. And um, because we know that everybody is busy, we're super busy. We know you're super busy. Um, and this is, I think, you know, talking about this on a motherhood podcast, this is particularly apt for parents. Um, we know that people are busy, so we, we want to give people things that are actually achievable in a small amount of time. Not something that's like you have to expand your network and you think... I can never do that. So we, you know, because I just don't have time, we could say, actually, if you just spend 10 minutes a day on these things with these, what we call career workouts, these really achievable things, um, then you will make a significant difference in in, in your career. So um, that was kind of the starting point. And then from that has come the book, um, the blog, our social media, um, lots of big brand collaborations, which I think we're going to, I know, we're going to talk yes, about so I can see, I can see your questions talk about later. Yes. Um, and also our Step Up School which is our newest venture. So that's launching this month, isn't it? It launched on Tuesday. Oh, it, it's already yeah. launched. And did it sell out really quickly? So we actually sold out in June, I think, is when yeah. we released the spaces. And it sold, we had 40 spaces. Um, and this was an idea that we came up with between us, but also talking to women who come to our events um, and who were asking for something more in depth. <coughs> Apologies. Don't worry. <coughs> My tea went down the wrong way. <laughs> This is very real. <coughs> it's a very nice cup of tea, but yes, I inhaled it rather than swallowing it. So yes, you were saying. So we were, we were talking to our Step Up members um, informally uh, about what they wanted, and they were saying that they would like something more in-depth, a kind of strung-together programme of all of our different um, events that we hold. Um, so we thought about doing something um, new and um, aimed... We originally thought it would be aimed at kind of freelancers and entrepreneurs because we we actually do it in the day, so it's a 10 till 1 slot. A lot of our events are in the evening. But actually, we were surprised to find that quite a few of our step-up students have taken time out of their kind of day work, 9 to 5 jobs to come as well. So it's a real mix of women. Um, and the idea is we take them through um, a year-long programme that um, starts with defining their success and takes them through kind of building confidence and brand you and all the pillars of step up um, as a whole um, but this very closed 40 women and that we are giving them not only the skills and the space to think about their career with a kind of different type of perspective like we were saying before but also this immediate network That's actually it's brilliant one of the, we asked them to <clears throat> introduce themselves and tell us something funny about themselves and one of them said um I'm day two into my new career and I'm doing really well because I've suddenly got this massive new network. Um, and it was true. Like, it was like they literally arrived. We actually had a launch party a couple of weeks ago where we got to meet them and they all seemed like really nice women. But it was just, they kind of arrived and there was just this really good feeling. Everyone had made the choice to be there. It wasn't like their company had sent yeah. them and maybe there was a bit of apathy and people were a bit kind of... Um, suspicious of what was going to happen they'd all really made this commitment themselves and there was this great feeling of um, 
just moving into something new and exciting. So, That's amazing. Yeah. Like, even just hearing you talking about it, I feel excited. Like I'm, and I'm a bit envious that I well, missed out. Well, right. yeah, you don't need to be. You don't need to be because we are launching another round. So this is obviously being held in London. This okay. is face to face with us kind of delivering and supporting and coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're running another round in January for another 40 women, which will be um, launching uh, on the 1st of November. We'll be letting people sign up. We did sell out in... I think five hours. Yeah, five hours last like Glastonbury. So, <laughs> yeah. there. you have to be... Less it sounds like a massive selfish sales pitch, but basically, you have to be in our newsletter okay. because last time it sold out to our newsletter. Right. So, um, if people subscribe to our newsletter, we always send out everything in there first. Plus, so, there's loads of other interest, interesting stuff, but yeah. um, if they're on there, they'll get the information and then you can sign up. Um, and then next year, we're going to be launching it online. So, if you're not Brilliant. in London... Uh, you will be able to access it as well. So they can subscribe by going to, is it stepupclub.com? It's unfortunately not. Oh. It's, <laughs> we wish it was. Sorry. It's step-up-club.net. Okay. Um, and you can also find it by Googling the Step Up Club. Yes. Excellent. It sounds amazing. I'm just, Thank like, you. just feels like you guys are just doing such brilliant, empowering work and it's, it's so needed. Um, so how does all of this, all of this work that you guys are doing for the Step Up Club, how does that fit in with your own family lives? Well, it fits in quite well, actually, thanks for asking. I think if you'd asked us this time last year, we might not have said the same answer because we, I don't know if you know, but we come from very different careers originally. So Fenella is an ex-corporate lawyer and fund manager and from the corporate world, and I'm a journalist um, and we are old friends. And when we started, I mean, the Step Up Club, the growth of the Step Up Club has been very organic. And while we've got a goal, which is kind of launching Step Up School online and just continuing to grow and spread our message, it has been a kind of slow development, mainly because we've had careers on the other side. And we feel very strongly that we will be keeping those careers. So I still freelance write and mm-hmm. Fenella still coaches people. Okay. But actually, this time last year, the balance, we hadn't, we were still doing a lot, we were doing a lot of other work. other work and a lot of step-up stuff. Our book had just launched. Obviously, we've got five kids and two husbands between us. So it, was, it wasn't particularly enjoyable last year and it didn't feel like um, we had any type of balance. And actually, yeah. step-up was stressful because mm-hmm. it was the extra thing. And we, we both had commitments. I was at Red Magazine. Fenella had a lot of coaching to do. And we had commitments and pressure from other points and it really felt like we were kind of doing step-up on the side, but it was where our heart was. Whereas now I've um, scaled back my journalism and Fenella's scaled back her coaching and it feels like we have a lot more time, a lot more breathing space. Our children have kind of moved into a different school year, all of them, and that's kind of helping to sort itself out as well. So I feel like we do work really hard on it and we think about it all the time, but we also have a nice, you know, we both pick up our children often from school most days. Um, and we respect that in each other mm-hmm. and um, we have similar values in that way. So I think that it's not like one of us is wanting to work, you know, 12-hour days every single day and the other one doesn't. I think yeah. we, we approach yeah. it in a very similar way, which means that there isn't any stress on that front. So while we have very busy times, uh, it's always something that's shared. Yeah, we do. I think that's really, you know, people always say, talk about partnership a lot when they're talking to us. And I think that's something that is really overlooked when people are first getting together. But, you know, yes, you need to have the same vision for your business, but you also need to have a similar vision for your life. And yeah. that, that we've never had an issue where like, one of us wants to work and the other one doesn't want to work mm. or one of us feels that, the, that they're doing more. Like we never have issues mm. like that. And that's really important because we both 
um, are very ambitious and really value our careers, but also really uh, want to spend time with our families. So, um, but that's not to say that sometimes we don't, <laughs> we don't have a lot of work to do or we don't work evenings. We do, but we're, mm. we're quite managed about it. That's good. That's good. So confidence, <clears throat> which is something that you guys focused on with your Women Who Can um, campaign with Karen Millen, didn't you? Yeah. Um, why do you think that women suffer, so many women suffer from a lack of confidence? So there are a lot, there are, well, there is conflicting research on this. I always talk about research. There's conflicting research on this. So there is some research that says that it's actually more of a self-report issue. So women are more likely to talk about the fact or be more open that they aren't confident about something, whereas men are less likely to admit that. That's interesting. But there's also a lot of research that says that actually women do feel less Mm. confident um and so whilst you can't categorically say that women are less confident we do experience women as being generally or feeling less confident and certainly we vocalize that a lot more Mm. um there are quite a few reasons we believe that it starts in childhood um you know we're often uh bringing up young girls i think less now but it's still very it's still inherent in our in our culture and we all have unconscious biases that you know, we can't really get over, or, or, or we can get over, but it's, it's very difficult mm. to get over those. Um, that, you know, uh, oh, you know, you're such a good girl, oh, you played so nicely, um, or yeah, well done, you know, well done, boy, you climb that tree and you're yeah. like really muddy, and actually it's really hard to get over that. Um, or, you know, a little girl comes to your house and you say, oh, you've got such a pretty dress on, and the boy comes to your house and says, wow, you've got really tall. I do that all the time, and I am, like, so down with, you know, equality and trying to bring my daughter up, you know, in, a, in, the, in the same way that I would bring up a boy, but it's so ingrained in us, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's really, really hard. And, you know, and difference is great, but, but you know, and we're not saying that men and women or boys and girls are exactly the same, mm. um, but, uh, but it's really important to understand that when girls perceive that the only way to get validation is by being perfect, they start to become very hard on themselves mm. and that decreases confidence. So what you find is that with um, young, young girls, so there's some, some uh, uh, band bossy statistics, you know, the Sheryl Sandberg campaign that came out of Lean In. Yeah. Um, there's some bad bossy statistics around confidence in young girls. And um, I can't remember the exact statistics, but it's something like at age eight, girls yeah. and boys are equally confident. But by the age of 11, girls are 60% less confident yeah. than boys. So it's something around early <coughs> adolescence yeah. and childhood. Um, and then, and then it, it kind of just continues, I think. I think also um, our physical presence is much smaller. Mm. And especially if you're working in a very male-dominated industry, that can affect your confidence and how you're perceived by others and it becomes a vicious cycle if you feel like you don't have the same presence then you act in a certain way and people then respond to you in that way and it becomes a negative cycle and we try and make ourselves smaller sometimes Sometimes, don't we yeah and also comparing ourselves to others you know something that I think women naturally do because we are more emotional beings and we're more aware of people in a kind of way that men might not be and, and just to point out that we never kind of pit men against women and we say that kind of at the, book, at the beginning of the book and we and lots of people assume that we're kind of these I mean we are feminists but what we do is about empowering women it's not about saying women are like this and men are like this and that there is a sliding scale but when it comes to confidence I think there are certain quirks about us as women that makes us more vulnerable to feeling less confident and I think comparing ourselves to others is a really big one and also that voice inside your head that 
mental ticks through and that can um, challenge your thoughts and um, we overthink and it makes us amazing and unique and empathetic and all the things that make us brilliant can actually bring us down as well mm-hmm. overthinking things I mean there were, <clears throat> at step up school we were walking around the room and chatting to people while they were doing their exercises and the number of times I heard someone say oh I'm just I'm not a confident person And actually, if you challenge them and you say, well, nobody is a confident person. It's not something you're born with. It's Mm. not, we say often, it's not a personality trait. Confidence is a state of mind. And actually, if you can even just deliver that piece of information to someone, it's hugely liberating. Mm. Because don't label yourself as confident or not confident. We all have different types of confidence that shows itself in different ways at different times of the day. We can have a day where you feel amazingly confident in the morning and then something, you know, I always say that my confidence is kind of generally quite high and I don't, I don't struggle with talking, being recorded or standing up in front of a room full of women, but then my confidence has really shallow roots so something can just knock mm-hmm. the wind out of my cells and suddenly I'm on the floor. Um, but that is the nature of confidence. It's this kind of big nebulous state and but what we try to do is help people understand that which is stage one and then give women tools to become confident enough when they need to be confident when they need to feel confident whether that's in a negotiation circumstance whether that's standing up whether that's asking for a pay you know whatever it is that's Mm -hmm. what we see is not trying to make someone a really really confident person but giving them the skills so that they can feel confident when they need to and what about faking confidence because I'm actually whether it's right or not I'm a big believer in if I'm feeling really like wobbly I'll just fake it and I'll pretend that I'm being really confident. But is that is that the wrong thing to do? Is that okay to do? Um, no, uh, that actually that's actually you know a, a totally valid way to approach it. So there's two ways to build confidence. So you know you can you can you can become more confident generally, and there are two ways to do. And you can become more confident in specific situations, and there are two ways to do it. So one would be um, to do it from the inside out, and those would be um, you know we've got loads of exercises in our books or that we do at our confidence events um, where you can start to um, challenge some of those co- um, beliefs about yourself. That, that are um, affecting your confidence and start to kind of find other more positive beliefs about yourself and there's lots that you can do in from the inside out and with your thoughts and your beliefs but there's also things that you can do um, from a kind of outside in perspective and uh, and you know kind of faking it they say faking it to make it you know fake it to make it that that is actually that's a valid way of becoming more confident so you do it from the outside in so um, something that we would often say to people is it's not just about your behaviors and your thoughts but it's also about your um, your physicality and it's about your behaviors and how other people People respond to those behaviors so if you for example are really worried about a particular project and you behave in a way that you're really really worried and really unconfident about it what people see is somebody who isn't confident about it they will therefore behave in a way um in, in a way that reflects the fact that they are seeing a person who's not very confident so okay. for example maybe not give you that project yeah. you will read into that oh i wasn't very good at it but that's not why they didn't give it to you they didn't give it to you because you behaved as if yeah. you weren't confident about it and they either thought you didn't want it or you couldn't cope with it. Yeah. If you fake it and you behave in a confident way, people see something different, they then react to you in a more positive way and you then believe that that's 
because you yeah. can do it. Well, yeah. actually, it's not. It's just because of how you've behaved. So there's a kind of two-pronged approach. I think I wouldn't say just fake it all the time because nobody wants to be inauthentic. Mm. And it's, it'll, be, it'll be very it'll be exhausting. <gasps> yeah. But at the same time, yeah, at the right moments, that's totally valid. I've also heard there's that thing where if, you, if, if you're in a stressful or, you know, if you're feeling really like you haven't got much confidence to kind of like open up your, your chest and your body and that that actually sends messages to your brain of confidence yeah. and not being scared well, it boosts your testosterone so it's amy it cuddy's theory of yes um, amy cuddy that's it goes. yes so if you stand with your arms out to the sides or up above your head that actually that can give you a kind of immediate confidence boost. is it is it the warrior pose she calls it or something she's got a Isn't name it for it one? Yeah. superman she's got i think i think there's a few different yeah. ones but generally they're oh, they're open power poses yeah um and the point, but I think there's two points about that really. So there's the Amy Cuddy research, although I think there was recently a piece yeah, of research that, that actually disproved it. Oh, but anyway, really? I mean, that, that's just the nature of research. You can always find something to prove and something to disprove. But anyway, I like it and I think it does work I do too. Um, psychologically, if, if, if not hormonally. But anyway, um, yeah, what she said is that the power poses um, increase your testosterone and decrease your cortisol levels. So they not only make you feel more confident, but they also make you feel less stressed. Mm. Um, and you don't need to do them in the moment, right? So her research is saying, like, go to the loo. But before an interview do this pose for I mean I don't know how long you can do it for your arms when you get tired but do this pose for five minutes and then come out and you can stand completely normally and feel much more confident and in her research <clears throat> people were more likely to get taken on the interview if they had done the power posing but there's a second side to it which is if I just stand in a bigger more confident way I just look more confident therefore I look more capable therefore people are more likely to give me a job so I, I think mm. it's a kind of two-pronged thing yeah. I also think with the Amy Cuddy thing there's the other point is that you are just taking a moment for yourself and it's almost like a placebo. It's, it's, and that is the, so much the point of what we do is giving women a space to just think about their career from a different perspective and actually just standing in the toilet for five minutes, whether it does raise your um, sorry, reduce your cortisol, raise your testosterone, whatever it does, you, you are actually taking five minutes to just be in the moment and we are never in the moment we're always rushing around and that kind of that's stressful and can can be confidence kind of smashing in, in a way because you just never feel like you're coping so I just think almost what I like about that is that it just you're just kind of still mm. and that, that stillness can be empowering in a way as well hey I'm Ryan Reynolds recently I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Um, and for mums, it kind of feels like it's a particularly prevalent issue, confidence, you know, whether it's being confident in this new role as a mum or whether it's going back to work after maternity leave and feeling like I've had nine months or six months, whatever it is off, and I've now suddenly got to snap back into work mode. 
you know, people do suffer from from confidence as, as a mum. So, kind of, did, I mean, did you guys have experience of that when you when you became mums? Well, I think it's inevitable because I think your entire um, everything in your life is kind of is altered once you have a child and. What we say, and I, I personally speaking, yes, I mean, you sudden, you have this life beforehand where you're completely in control of yourself. You only basically have yourself to look after. Um, I, I'm a kind of relatively kind of not controlling, but I like to feel in control of things. And I think once you lose that, you lose some of your identity, everything changes. And, and, and there's got to be an inevitable kind of readjustment period. And if that is happening at the same time that you're going back to work or thinking about going to work even just being off and being ill and coming back into the office you know you everything slightly changes you feel a little bit out of the loop and that's that is obviously going to affect your confidence level um what we talk about with children and we did a brilliant event um, at the royal college of general practitioners didn't we i loved that event and it was all it was it was uh, kind of a confidence themed event for mothers or fathers it was parents returning to work about changing the kind of rhetoric in your head so thinking about how your children have made you awesome how they've made you empowered you all the extra skills you suddenly have yeah. which we don't focus on and I think it's like a very female thing to do is to immediately think about the negative like I haven't been there and you know I've now got a child to look after and all the negative actually look at all the things you do how you've become a leader without even realizing it how you can multitask and such a kind of more efficient way just all these things that we okay having children and working is stressful full stop you know it's not easy managing different kind of demands on your time but actually if you can look at it in a positive point of view and think having a child I mean I just feel more mature as a person you've Mm -hmm. gone through emotional journeys that you haven't gone through before and if you can channel that into your work you can kind of change that lack of confidence or you can help um, rebuild yourself but also accepting that all women feel that that way I mean it's kind of I don't think anyone even the women that return to work you know six weeks after they've had a baby and straight back on at the boardroom table you know that's there's a front there and there's something else going on inside so it's kind of not comparing yourself to others as well and um, it's so to, hard though isn't it yeah. I, I remember you know when my daughter was probably about 18 months old going into work and just feeling like you know, everyone, all the other working mums have got it together and I'm just feeling massively, but they're all just feeling the same way. And also your body changes, mm. your, what you can wear, you know, things like that. It's, you don't feel like, I don't think you feel like yourself for about two years after you have a yeah. child. And all the hormones and are still buzzing around, aren't they? Oh, it's a tricky time, isn't it? Um, okay, so I really like that tip of, you know, focusing on the positives. What other tips would you have? So if someone's listening and they're, you know, either um, thinking about going back to work or they've recently gone back to work after maternity leave, what tips would you would you give them to kind of tackle the confidence issue? Um, I think the point that Alice made about not comparing yourself to others is a really, really important point and you just can't emphasise it enough mm. because we, especially when we become mothers, we're automatically thrown into this comparison kind of hamster wheel of you know oh my baby's doing this at this age and my baby oh my god my baby's not doing like you know some my of baby can't, can't like doesn't have a phd in maths one <laughs> you know it's it's some of it is helpful and yeah. some, a lot of it is really unhelpful yeah. um oh she's got her figure back straight away but i haven't got my 
figure you know my my figure's completely changed or she's gone back to work and she's like totally smashing it and I'm not and the really important thing is that we are all really really different number one there are two things that are important number one we're all really really different um and that um and there are two kind of things that you can uh, there are two kind of tools that you can use to make yourself feel better about that or to help yourself understand why in what way you're different the first of those would be um I think defining what success means to you and it's something that Alice and I talk about all the time if you are coming from the point of somebody else's definition of success which we all do we talked about unconscious bias before right if I say name the most successful person you know Oh, I can't think of someone. <laughs> but you're probably, people. normally people picture someone powerful, yeah. maybe very outwardly confident, probably making quite a lot of money, or they yeah. think they're making quite a lot of money. Um, and the thing is, that might not be your definition of success. That's so true. Your definition of, your, actually what makes you feel happy and successful might be quite different to that. You know, yeah, it might have some of those elements, but it also might be, I want to pick my kid up from school every day, or it might be, um, I really want to help people, or it might be a whole mix of things that are really different to the person you've called successful. And what you're calling successful is something that you've internalised from your childhood and from society. Yeah. So it's really important to do some work around what am I actually trying to achieve? And what that enables you to to do is then separate yourself from other people and comparing yourself to other people. Because you can say, I'm pursuing my success and she's pursuing her success. Therefore, I can be happy for her, but I can be not intimidated or... um, or, or, or feel kind of in competition with that. So that's that's the first thing. And the second thing is kind of um, another way of looking at, at that. And there's um, this really interesting piece of research. It's quite controversial research, but I think it's really interesting by a woman called Catherine Hakim. Um, and she talks about preference theory. And preference theory is basically a, her attempt to explain why do, um, in, a, in a developed society where we have equal um, pay legislation and we have really good access to childcare and we have access to contraception and all those kind of things um why do you still have women who stay at home and women who work part-time and a lot more than men even in scandinavian countries Mm. right there are more women who stay at home and there are more women who work part-time um and why do why do some women choose to do that and some women kind of go somewhere in the middle and some women work really 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 hard and what she came up with is this preference theory and it is based on a lot of research but it is controversial so um what she says is she divides women into three types and she has and I really I really love this theory and I kind of observe it a lot in women we work with and in mothers we work with particularly um she has the work focused woman and the work focused woman is very self-defined and this none of this is a judgment this is just kind of how 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 you are very self-defined so she's um very fulfilled by her personal career and internally defined she wants to pursue her career girls goals she may not have children so for example I think is it Helen Mirren who was like Mm. my career is is my child so I wouldn't have ever had space in my life for a child or she might have had a child or have children but she's really comfortable to outsource the care of those children she doesn't not love them any less but she's Mm. really comfortable outsourcing them it's not an issue as long as they're careful that's fine she pursues her personal goals then you have at the other end of the spectrum the um the home-focused woman, that woman's very externally defined, so by her home, her family, other people, and she isn't career ambitious in herself at all. And um, that type of woman will probably stay at home, or she might work for financial reasons, but in that case, she won't be necessarily pursuing a career, it'll be more a job. Um, And if you're either one of those types of women, which is generally about 20%, they vary across countries but generally around 20% work focused about 25% home focused it's actually not that difficult being those types of women because you your focus is really clear Mm -hmm. so there's no conflict and you're probably not the kind of women who are listening to this podcast thinking 
oh my god but you know is she doing she's like doing really well but she's spending more time with her kid and I don't know where I should be on the spectrum and what you are is a, a, a dual focused woman about 55% of women are dual focused and the best way that I can describe it is like a, in, a visceral internal pull between your home focus and your work focus <laughs> yeah you're nodding <laughs> yeah. yeah and and you know this is really familiar um to us as well and you know you you're you're self-defined you you are ambitious you want to pursue a great career for yourself but you're also externally defined and you want to be there for your family and you want to be there for your partner and 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 it's really really difficult because there is this whole range of a spectrum of where you can be and um and I think that's really helpful I mean there's loads more we can talk about with that but but I think in the context of comparison that's really helpful because actually it's almost like being a different gender so if you have a colleague of a kind of say like an NCT friend who went back to work after six weeks completely focused on her career got a nanny it's not an issue she doesn't seem to be conflicted like maybe she is maybe she's not mm. maybe because maybe she's totally different to you and that's I, I think really liberating because then you don't have to compare yourself to yeah, that yeah that's amazing that's that, yeah that that's yeah incredible and actually when you were first um, describing the different types of women I thought I was identifying with the career women and then when you came in with 55% I was like oh my goodness that that is me yeah <laughs> and it's really funny because you don't I think always know which one you're going to be because when I um I, I when I read that when I um when I before I had kids I was actually really offended by it and I was like well I'm a career focused woman you know that this is just basically offensive and um and it's pigeonholed women and it's sexist and you know of course I will care about my kids when I have them but you know I'm and actually um I was really shocked that when I had kids suddenly I I hadn't realized yeah where my focus was going to be and also I think that that, that kind of I, th- I think it's all right to have that kind of analysis of women and mothers without without you know actually pigeonholing women it, it, it's not pigeonholing it's, it's different it's it's good to analyze women and mums and behavior and how different we all are I think it's helpful yeah I mean I, you know I certainly find it helpful and I think people we talk we talk about it with find it helpful too so you guys have got um confidence workshops with Karen Millen kind of around and about uh, different Karen Millen stores coming up, haven't you? So anyone who's listening, um, are, are tickets still available to those I think events? so. So we've already been to Manchester and Birmingham, which were both brilliant. We've got coming up Leeds. We're back in London and Covent Garden. I think London sold out. Has it? Yeah, London sold out, I think, straight away. Oh, so we've but we're in Belfast next. Belfast. Time. You've got Blue Water. And Blue Water. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so people can... If you go, there. if you can go, you can find the events on our website yeah um on under the events that section um or also on the Karen Mullen website excellent okay um so I've got some quick fire questions for you ladies if that's okay sure um describe motherhood in one word describe motherhood I'm gonna go for I'm gonna go for life affirming is that one word or two am I allowed a hyphen it's it's a hyphen it's okay (laughs) we'll we'll let it off I'm I'm gonna say snuggly oh that's nice I love those words if you could give your 16-year-old self some advice, what would it be? I think it would be um, that you always have something to offer. So I started my career from the very bottom. I mean, I graduated in a degree that was nothing to do with my career and then started um, as a work experience on fashion magazines um, where you are very is a very hierarchical 
structure and you start earning no money with no opinion and basically you are just a robot who packs fashion bags um, and, and I think that can be just personally speaking you really lose um, it's not it's not about confidence it's that you feel that you have no value in that space and I think that stayed with me even until I was working and had a good role I was a fashion writer at the Times and it was still very hierarchical and there were people, we called them umbrella, there was one woman who was, we called like an umbrella, um, what's the full term? Like an a, umbrella boss. An umbrella boss, well, she wasn't my boss but she was a more senior colleague who, who, who obviously had her own issues and there's a whole other story there, but um, who kept us down as the junior mm-hmm. members of staff and I, I, was, I had ideas and thoughts and you know I was ready to pitch things that might not have been taken on but we were never encouraged to do that and that really stayed with me and I think actually in a weird way motherhood has um, liberated me to just say what I, what I want and I don't feel defined by age anymore and I wish I hadn't felt so defined like I'm the youngest in the team therefore I don't have an opinion and I think there is no correlation especially working today you know we've got an amazing assistant Kira who is 21 who knows way more than us about lots of things and that's great because she brings something new to the table and she's much kind of techier than us and you know she's got her finger on the pulse in a way that we just don't have and I think I want to always feel that she feels like she can voice that opinion and feels um, valued for that and that just because she's much younger than us sadly um, that she is less important and so I think yeah I think that would be my piece of advice. I wonder whether that's a generation thing so I wonder whether um, the younger generation um, millennials um, you know and younger don't have that as much I wonder whether they feel do they they? such obstacles in their path I think you know getting a job I think they're constantly told they're never going to own a property you know they've got different pressures that pigeonhole them I mean from where we're standing I'm at where I'm actually a millennial by seven days because I was born on the 7th of January 1980 which according to my husband I am a millennial but I am not really a millennial of course but um I think we look at millennials and think oh they've got it so easy you know they can become Instagram stars and then you know 100 grand a month by just placing people well I think it's easy for us to look at them and see yeah. that they've got it easy. I think they've got a lot of things that make them feel like they aren't... Good. You know, it's, it's an uphill struggle, and mm-hmm. I wouldn't necessarily want to be a millennial now. So I just think if any millennials are listening, you know, for, have the confidence to know that you are just as valid as anyone else, even though you might be 10 years younger than them. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's brilliant advice. How about you, Fenella? What would you say to your 16-year-old self? Well, there are so many things that I would need to say to my 16-year-old self, like... Like, I don't know, don't wear crop tops and hipster trousers <laughs> together. Yeah, that's that's, that's, that was that's a good look. That was, that was never a good look. Nice um, did, you, did you shop in Morgan uh, to wear for your hipster I, trousers? I, I, I'm, a, I'm a Morgan aficionado. If Morgan revived today, then I would be, I would, yeah, I would not be able to walk past it because it would make me relive <laughs> moments of my 16-year-old self. Um, for career advice, I'd probably say... Um, I'd probably say don't be afraid to do the things that you really enjoy. Um, and I think like this has, you know, ha- without wanting to be preachy, this has um, uh, relevance, you know, no matter what age you are. Um, I, I was really academic at school, hyper academic. And that meant that I was really, really pressured to go into very academic subjects. And actually, but I was also really arty. Like I love drawing. Mm-hmm. I love to make my handwriting look pretty. Um, and I, I was doing kind of weird A-levels art physics 
English, French and German and um, I was kind of really pressured like you know you have to choose between science and, and arts and you're not allowed to do art because then you won't focus on it. Anyway I was really pressured they wanted me to go to Oxford and I did um, and I think then when I came to my job I just allowed the same thing. I was kind of quite passive and I was like oh you know oh yeah people said like you're clever so you should go to the top law firm so I'll go and I just didn't really think about what I actually enjoyed doing. Mm-hmm. So for example I really 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 hate confrontation like I hate it um and so so that wasn't like a great environment for me at all and I knew that kind of but I also just kind of wanted to do the thing that I was being pushed into and also I think probably the thing that I thought looked successful um so I think you know the advice that I would give to anybody in their career and I give it to my children already but I'll give it to anybody is just do the thing that you really really enjoy because actually we're testament to the fact that if you just do something that you really enjoy when we started this we didn't particularly think it was a business um and it turns out that it is and it's really really fun empowering business where we can really help people and have a great career so I think as long as you do something that you love you will and you're good at it you will find a way to make money from it yeah that's brilliant um now are you ladies happy to uh, show me what's really in your bag I've got three things in my bag because I've got the smallest bag that doesn't even fit my phone. Well, it'll be nice and quick then. I'm get, do I just get out and reveal? Yes, go for it, Alice. Okay, so I've got my keys, which are way too big. Annoying. I've got my phone, too big. And which I'm is also big, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the I've got... town bag ever. Then I, everything's disproportionately sized here. I've got a very small purse, which is just crammed full of stuff. And that's my initials on yeah, there. Gorgeous my married monograms. initials, which my daughter saw today on my shirt as well. And then I've got an array of discount cards, which I think defines me as a person. I basically have them shoved into every bag, different ones. I never have the one I want, obviously, because I'm disorganised. But um, I was obviously planning to go to Whistles, Topshop and Liberties the other day when I last went shopping. That's what I have in my bag. Wow. That is very streamlined. Yeah, well, normally I've got a ginormous handbag, but um, we've had quite a few busy days today. So I just, sometimes I feel... Much more relieved when I just have a small handbag. Yeah. I've definitely through that big baby handbag stage. I'm now back into the big laptop handbag stage. So yeah. If I don't need to bring my laptop, I just go minimal. Isn't that the most amazing moment of the day that you go out of your house without a, without an extra clothing? Oh, there? it's just yeah. the, the relief is totally amazing, amazing, isn't it? Yes. How about you then, Fenella? Um, yeah, I kind of need to clear this out. I've got a train ticket from our caramel and about Manchester, which I've used to put a small chewing gum in. Nice. Oh my god, this totally doesn't this really reflect me as a person. I seem really organised. I seem like the organised one, but I'm actually like like in my head and in the background really, really disorganised. I've got my daughter's hairbrush because um, I have to do her hair while we're standing outside school waiting to go in because I don't do it in the morning. And it's a rainbow dash It's hairbrush. a rainbow, oh yeah, which she's obsessed with ponies. do you actually brush her hair with that? That's cruel. That's cruelty against children. <laughs> like, my children used to she brush their rocking Yeah, but she's horse. got no hair. She's got, she's oh, not like, yeah, your daughter's got her. Yeah. No, she's, I've got a tangle teaser as well. I've got a, a phone charger. Um, I've got I've got a pen. I've got loads of receipts that I need to file. Um, oh, my migraine injection. I've got really bad migraines, so I have to carry that. Every, it's like a kind of like an epipen for migraines. Okay. Um, I've got cards. I've got dog poo bags because I'm dog sitting my mum's dog. I've got a discount card for the hairdresser. That's a good hairdresser. I've I used got to go to the hairdresser. Three business cards. 
that I haven't yet followed up on from three weeks ago, but I am going to follow them up on them because it's really important to follow up on contacts that you might want to network. So if you're and waiting I, from an email from Fenella, then it's, it's coming, it's coming. It's coming. Yes. I, I obviously follow my own advice. I have lipsticks. I always wear lipstick and uh, lip liner. You never know when you'll need it. Um, eyeliner, never know when you'll need that. This, by the way, my handbag is absolutely tiny. It's really small. It's like Mary Poppins. Yeah. Uh, I've got loads of hair bands, more money, um, and uh, uh, a little pouch. Oh yeah, some discount cards. Oh, space and K. Yeah. Excellent. That's it. Sorry, so that's so gross. I'm very revealing. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies, thank you very much for being my guest today. I'll let you, uh, yeah, pull everything back into your bag, Vanilla. Sorry. Um, but yes, thank you. It's been really great to chat thank to you, you both. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for listening. I've been getting some amazing feedback from listeners who are getting loads out of the podcast, which is brilliant. You can always tweet me or DM me or email me. I'll put all of my links in the show notes this week. Bye for now. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.